Good morning, morning, morning. Good morning, everyone, and um, welcome to Revelation Now. I hope you guys can hear me loud and clear. It's lovely to be here with uh, everyone today for a very special um, show. Uh, but why don't we begin to pray, first of all. Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come before you. And Father, we just come before you this morning asking for you to speak to our hearts. Father, about uh, the positioning and the plan and the purpose that you have for each of us as individuals and as the body of Christ. Father, as we look at this film or watch this documentary this morning, we just pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts and show us, <clears throat> excuse me, and lead us and guide us in the way of truth and the way that you want us to go, Father. Speak to our hearts and reveal your plans and your purposes in, in all of this. Speak to our hearts, Father, and help us to walk according to your plan and your purpose and your mandate for us. Father, we pray that you will continue to have your way, that your will, your plan, your purpose will truly be established. Your sovereign will will be established, Father, irregardless of the circumstances of what we see. Mm -hmm. Father, we commit every single thing into, our, into your hands this morning, and we pray that you will have your way, that your will be established, your purpose be established, your plans be truly established in, with, and through us. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise and to you be the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you again for joining us this morning. Um, I just wanted to share something very briefly before we uh, watch this film. Um, it's quite interesting because over the last um, few weeks, you know, the Lord has been really impressing in my heart to begin to show some of the film that's been shared on WhatsApp and maybe things that we may discover as well on a journey of learning. And uh, I just wanted us to really begin with a series, which probably every few months will be showing a film. And then what we will do after that, uh, we will open people for discussion, comments, so we can actually begin to share um, what we watch and really trying to see what we can learn from it as well. Um, I haven't watched it, so I will be, we haven't watched it at all. We decided to watch it at the same time as you guys are watching it for those who haven't watched it. So we can actually get a fresh perspective um, on this documentary. Um, again, like I said, before we do that, just to really run through the, the normal stuff, you can contact us on Facebook, uh, WhatsApp, um or even on twitter as well in relation to our whatsapp change we're still working on it but hopefully by next week or the next video we should be able to give you an answer whether we'll be switching to another uh platform such as signal uh, which is more uh protective on our data and uh really um that's what we're all about so i hope that we can we you guys enjoy it and please after this uh you know like I said, everything will be open so people can have comments, uh, share their thoughts on it, and kind of engage some kind of conversation. What do you think, Mas? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So um, I'm not going to start. I'm going to start a film now uh, as part of our new series called The Big Players. But let's begin to watch uh, these documentaries. March 11, 2020, the World Health Organization declared an outbreak of SARS-CoV-2. COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. 
Since then, we've been locked down four times. I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We've received a daily death toll. The UK death toll now stands at 3,605. We've been refused medical treatment. Coronavirus is having a devastating effect on cancer treatment. We've received curfews. Boris Johnson will tomorrow uh, institute a 10pm curfew on pubs up and down the country. We've had our businesses closed. You know what's going on is wrong. You know it as well. We've lost jobs. We've been restricted from seeing loved ones. Hang on a minute, don't take her away. Hey, don't take her away. Don't take her away. We've not been allowed to socialize. In the months before his death, Christopher posted a series of messages on Facebook about his struggles with the lockdown. We've been forbidden to protest. Tell me what law I have broken. You cannot tell me any law that I've broken. We've been assaulted. Hey, look what they're doing. Look at this old lady. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, hey. Oh, it's all We've been arrested and fined. What a disgrace. You must have mothers. What an outrage. She was an old lady robbed of her dignity for having the courage to protest. All this has been imposed using bad data. The ONS data uh, this week came out and said that it was um, it had been downgraded. So the lockdown too was based again on dodgy numbers. False infection rates. According to a report in this morning's Times, 30% uh, of test results uh, give false positive. The, the app will only tell you to self-isolate if you've been in close contact with somebody who's tested positive. Yeah, but they, but they could be false positives. Well, you will have had to be in close contact with somebody for it to tell you to self-isolate. Yeah, who, but their test in itself might have been a false positive. And inflated mortality rates. The definition of a coronavirus death is someone who dies for any reason within 28 days of positive test. Now they've accelerated the release of a vaccine. But will life return to normal? I mean, just simple words there, reacting it. You're quite emotional about that. Well, it's just, uh, it's been, you know, it's been such a tough year for so many people and, you know, we can get on with our lives. Or will we see a new normal? A world with harsh, tyrannical rules governed by a centralised totalitarian state? Since COVID-19 was declared a pandemic, many have speculated that it's been planned by a group of tech elites who are dictating to governments globally. But do these ideas carry any weight? And what might their motives be for orchestrating a global pandemic? To understand, we must first explore a significant shift that's been taking place in our economy, one that only a minority of people are aware of. It's called the Fourth Industrial Revolution. To date, there have been three industrial revolutions. The first happened in the late 1700s with the invention of the steam engine, which led to the creation of factories and a booming textile industry. In the late 1800s, the second industrial revolution was marked by mass production, as well as new industries like steel and electricity. 
and the third happened in the late 1900s, which saw the invention of the computer and the internet. Now, the fourth industrial revolution describes the emergence of artificial intelligence and how it integrates more with humans. Artificial intelligence, or AI, can already be seen in our daily lives, from how we check out at the supermarket to how we check in for a flight. But it's far more advanced than most people realize. In August 2020, entrepreneur Elon Musk gave a demo of his new company, Neuralink. Connected to our brains with tiny wires, this microchip is synced with AI, enabling humans to control anything from prosthetic limbs to computer games. This working proof of concept has already been fitted into people. It has the potential to completely transform the way we interact online. So there's actually a lot of functions that this device could do uh, related to monitoring your health and warning you about a possible heart attack or stroke or other uh, damage, as well as uh, sort of convenience features like playing music. Um, you can do a lot. Um, it's sort of like if your phone went at your brain or something. It's a cyborg. It's a, it's a combination. It's a combination of electronics and biology. Yeah. Things are getting more and more connected. Kai Fu Li is the former president of Google China and Microsoft Research China, as well as the author of New York Times bestseller, AI's Superpowers, China, Silicon Valley, and the New World Order. Kai Fu believes that China will be the AI superpower within five years. For those of you who haven't been to China for the three years, please be careful when you go because your credit card and cash may not be accepted. Uh, China has pretty much been taken over by mobile payment. In the age of AI, if data is the new oil, then China is the new Saudi Arabia. One concern that is topical in the development of AI is the displacement of jobs. Robots are clearly replacing people's jobs. They're working 24 by 7. They're more efficient. So therefore, are you convinced long term that we're going to have a jobs problem in the world? Uh, not long term, but maybe in the next uh, 10 years, within the next 10 years. You mean it's going to happen much sooner? Much sooner. If a lot of people will find happiness without working, that would be a happy outcome. At Amazon fulfillment centers, robots transport items to humans who then pack them to be delivered. Amazon believes that within 10 years, they will not need a single human to fulfill an order. According to the World Economic Forum, 50% of the workforce will need reskilling by 2025. And it's likely that only a fraction of these will find work, resulting in a large proportion of the workforce becoming unemployed. pretty good chance we, we end up with a universal basic income or something like that due to automation. You know, people have time to do other things and have more complex things, more interesting things, uh, certainly more leisure time. And then we've got to figure out how we integrate with a world in the future with advanced AI. One idea that is gaining popularity is to charge tech companies with a robot tax, which can be distributed to the unemployed as a universal basic income. I don't think the robot companies are going to be outraged that there might be a tax. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Contrary to the past to the previous three revolutions, probably jobs will be faster destroyed compared to new ones uh, being created. This is Klaus Schwab, the author of this book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. He's also the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, 
which is funded by the largest global enterprises and whose members include CEOs, heads of state and government ministers from countries such as the UK and US. The fourth industrial revolution will impact our lives completely. It will change actually us, our own identity, and of course gives life to such policies and developments like smart traffic, smart government, smart cities. In June 2019, the UK government published details about their partnership with the World Economic Forum in a policy called Regulation for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. One year later, in June 2020, the World Economic Forum released this promotional video entitled The Great Reset. The purpose for this film is to imply that everything from economics to our culture needs to change. After the reset, it shows images of digital technology, biological cells, populations, cash, climate change, traffic management, and this. Seem familiar? This promotional video was released six months before Margaret Keenan received the first COVID-19 vaccine. In November 2020, Time magazine published The Great Reset on their front cover. The World Economic Forum's managing director, Jeremy Jargons, believes that it will have a devastating impact on our economy. You know, if we look at The Great Reset, you know, we're still at the early stages of a global crisis that's going to forever uh, transform society. You know, when it first started, people said, OK, this is the biggest crisis to hit since 2007-2008 financial crisis. And then a little bit later, they said, oh wow, this is the biggest crisis since World War II. Now we're looking at them and saying, oh look, this is comparable to what happened in the Great Depression. Politicians are also endorsing the campaign. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems. History would look at this crisis as the great opportunity for reset. All elements of the Great Reset are fundamental to building the future we need. And it's even promoted by the royal family, who posted this video on their YouTube page with the Great Reset hashtag. We are on the verge of catalytic breakthroughs that will alter our view of what is possible and profitable within the framework of a sustainable future. We need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. We simply cannot waste any more time. The only limit is our willingness to act. And the time to act is now. The World Economic Forum believes that capitalism needs to be reinvented. 
Their Build Back Better slogan has been adopted by politicians across the globe. This moment also gives us a much greater chance to be radical and to do things differently, to build back better. Because we can only build back better if we lean on one another. Over the last two weeks, I've shared my agenda for economic recovery. I call it Build Back Better, because we can't just build back to the way things were before. We have to do it better. And the first plank of my Build Back Better plan rejects the defeatist view that, autom that automation and globalization mean we can't assure American workers lead to a future made in America. So what does the world look like after the Great Reset? This social media post by the World Economic Forum demonstrates eight predictions by 2030. Here are three of them. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Whatever you want, you'll rent and it'll be delivered by drone. And Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. Many of Boris Johnson's new policies fall in line with the World Economic Forum's objectives. In November 2020, his new Green Industrial Revolution plan included a ban on petrol and diesel cars by 2030. Combined with other current restrictions, such as blocking vehicle access to side roads, causing gridlock on main roads, extending the congestion zone, and introducing a paper-mile road tax. One might think that he's attempting to remove ownership of cars. The biggest application is the um, autonomous driving. This is going to replace the entire transportation uh, that we have, we're used to today. You will no longer buy cars. Your car is parked 96% at the time, so it's depreciating. How bad is that for an investment, right? Only 4% of the time is it getting you from place A to place B. But imagine there is an Uber that gets here in 30 seconds and is very reliable, very clean, and there's no nasty driver because there is no driver, and it's very safe. Uh, would you not, not buy a car? One thing about AI is it gets better with data. In 10 years after its first launch, it'll probably be so much better than people, most of us will be afraid to drive. You know why? Because autonomous vehicles will start talking to each other. They will miss each other by one centimeter. And we as humans are, will become our worst enemies because we're going to be the threat to our lives. The machines are going to be safe. And pretty soon after that, humans will be disallowed from driving. Suppose you're a 50 years old truck driver and you just lost your job to a self-driving vehicle. Now there are new jobs in designing software or in teaching yoga to engineers. But how does a 50 years old truck driver reinvent himself or herself as a software engineer or as a yoga teacher? Because AI is nowhere near its full potential. All jobs will disappear, new jobs will emerge, but then the new jobs will rapidly change and vanish. At the World Economic Forum 2020 annual meeting in Davos, historian, philosopher and author Yuval Noel Harari warned the audience about the dangers of artificial intelligence. We hear so much about the enormous promises of technology, and these promises are certainly real, but technology might also disrupt human society and the very meaning of human life in numerous ways, 
ranging from the creation of a global useless class to the rise of data colonialism and of digital dictatorships. Those who fail in the struggle against irrelevance would constitute a new useless class. And this useless class will be separated by an ever-growing gap from the ever more powerful elite. We are already in the midst of an AI arms race, with China and the USA leading the race, and most countries being left far, far behind. AI will likely create immense wealth in a few high-tech hubs, while other countries will either go bankrupt all will become exploited data colonies. Just think, what will happen to developing economies once it is cheaper to produce cars in California than in Mexico? And what will happen to politics in your country in 20 years when somebody in San Francisco or in Beijing knows the entire medical and personal history of every politician and every journalist in your country, including all their sexual escapades, all their mental weaknesses, and all their corrupt dealings. When you have enough data, you don't need to send soldiers in order to control a country. Between the beginning of the pandemic and August 2020 alone, Seven Silicon Valley tech giants added nearly 2.5 trillion to their market values, 400 billion of which was added by Microsoft. Founder Bill Gates also has an interest in vaccines, where he, through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, owns stock in the vaccine manufacturing companies Pfizer and Moderna. Both companies have been developing a new generation of vaccines that interacts directly with our DNA. Traditional immunization methods involve injecting a dead or a weakened form of the virus. This triggers the immune system to create antibodies, which helps to protect us in the case of a virus getting into our system. Pfizer's and Moderna's new messenger RNA technology, however, is not a standard immunization vaccine, but rather genetic engineering. Instead of injecting a virus into the patient, their approach is to inject synthetic molecules that transport instructions to the cell on how to create antibodies to fight the virus. Up until November 2020, no messenger RNA vaccine had ever been approved for use on humans. On the 21st of November 2020, The Lancet expressed disappointment that the COVID-19 vaccine trial results were announced via press releases leaving many scientific uncertainties due to the lack of safety data. The publication also expressed uncertainty on how well the vaccines work in older people or those with underlying conditions, as well as their efficacy in preventing severe disease. In early December 2020, a group of medical doctors from around the world created a video to warn the public about the safety of the vaccine. Due to the excuse of a global pandemic, the pharma industry has the permission to skip the animal trials. This means that we humans will be the guinea pigs. This vaccine has been developed too quickly. We have no idea what the long-term effects will be. An experiment on humanity. 
there is only limited short-term safety data and no long-term safety data to rule out late-onset negative effects like autoimmune diseases, infertility and cancers. Please be critical. Do your own research and don't let the media manipulate you. This is the first time ever this will ever be launched on the human race. There are so many different awful things that can happen to us and we need to investigate this before we go forward. This is my alarm call to the world. On the 19th of December 2020, the CDC published this report by the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. Just one day after the UK initiated vaccination with the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, authorities confirmed two cases of anaphylaxis, which is a very serious allergic reaction that is rapid in onset and may cause death. On page six, under the title, V-Safe Active Surveillance for COVID-19 Vaccines, 3,150, or 2.8%, of the 112,807 vaccine recipients were unable to perform normal daily activities, unable to work, or required care from a doctor or healthcare professional. If 60 million people in the UK have the vaccine, we can expect 1.67 million people to be unable to work, unable to perform normal daily activities, and to require care. I don't know how long for. If six billion people worldwide have the vaccine, then the number rises to 167 million. And this, remember, is a short-term problem. We don't know what will happen in the medium and long term. The side effects for the Moderna vaccine sound concerning. We looked. After the second dose, at least 80% of participants experienced a systemic side effect, ranging from severe chills to fevers. So, are these vaccines safe? Well, the, uh, the FDA not being pressured will look hard at that. The FDA is the gold standard of regulators uh, and their current guidance on this, if they stick with that, is, is very, very appropriate. Uh, and, you know, the, it, the, 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 the side effects were not super severe. That is, it didn't cause permanent health problems for uh, the things there. They, you know, Moderna did have to go with a fairly high dose. And so, uh, you know, to get the antibodies, some of the other vaccines uh, are going able to go with lower doses to get uh, responses that are, are pretty high, including the the J&J &J and the Pfizer. And so there's a lot of characteristics of these vaccines. Um, it's great that we have multiple of them uh, that but are Bill, going out there. And, and yes, I you, think- You know the data the better than I do. But the, bill, bill, the, the data showed that everybody with a high dose had a, a side effect. In addition to their interest in vaccines, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donates money to media organizations such as the BBC, universities that provide media representatives, and in partnership with the World Economic Forum, Event 201, which simulated a coronavirus-induced pandemic five months prior to the actual pandemic. On behalf of our center and our partners, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to our audience here in New York. 
The goal of the Event 201 exercise is to illustrate the potential consequences of a pandemic and the kinds of societal and economic challenges it would pose. A new coronavirus spread silently within herds. Gradually, farmers started getting sick. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. The sickest required intensive care. Many died. Experts agree unless it is quickly controlled, it could lead to a severe pandemic, an outbreak that circles the globe and affects people everywhere. The scenario also highlights the very critical role that global business and public-private partnerships play in preparing for and responding to pandemics. By the turn of the 20th century, 90% of all U.S. refineries were controlled by John Rockefeller, who went on to monopolize the pharmaceutical industry. He had six children who founded Venrock, a venture capital company which made investments in tech companies such as Apple and Intel. In 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation released a document called Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development, which described a pandemic scenario with the headline, A World of Tighter Top-Down Government Control and More Authoritarian Leadership. During the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions, from the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks. Citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy in exchange for greater safety and stability. This heightened oversight took many forms, such as biometric IDs for all citizens. While there's no evidence to suggest that this 10-year-old document has any relation to the current pandemic, it was accurate in predicting many extreme restrictions that are being imposed on us today. Recently, in December 2020, the Rockefeller Foundation published this report. COVID-19 vaccines have arrived, with enough supply to vaccinate as many as 50 million people by the end of January. But these initial doses will do little in the short term to arrest an epidemic that is raging out of control. By the end of January, the country will likely be able to conduct more than 70 million tests each week a number that is expected to double to 200 million by April 2021. They advise the US government, students should be tested at least once a week, every week. Does advice from a large US organization have the potential to influence UK government policy? The Health Secretary this evening announced an emergency targeted testing program for secondary schools. We've decided to put in place an immediate plan for testing all secondary school age children in the seven worst affected boroughs of London, in parts of Essex that border London and parts of Kent. The test used to detect positive cases is called PCR and it only requires very small samples to see if there's any virus present. Now PCR doesn't tell you if what it detects is infectious. It may pick up on virus fragments from a past infection that isn't currently making you sick. Now this means there could be false positives, so there's a positive test result, but no active infection. Let's deal with this test for infection, the PCR. I want to ask you if you think it's reliable enough, Dr. Daniels. 
I'm an NHS clinician and we've got experience with these PCR tests for many, many years. And the reality is we always take the results with a little bit of a pinch of salt. You test a thousand people, one of whom is positive, but the test will pick up six people if it's got a 0.5% false positive rate. That's significant if it's being used to drive policy decisions. If you're tested repeatedly, the odds become greater and greater that you will get a positive test and it's a convenience for whoever is playing some macabre game because I don't think it's an error anymore uh, but the, this industrial scale PCR test they don't release even the basic information about it like the false positive rate it's unbelievable that public health people who do know better I've spoken to some people in it and they're embarrassed they're not even being allowed to characterize and publish the information you would need to know to work out how useful the test is that's not being done it's full steam ahead with the PCR test providing a high rate of false positives, is there intention to boost infection rates in order to justify more lockdowns? In the early 90s, disease mongering was a strategy coined by pharmaceutical companies for creating a disease and scaring people, then offering a pre-planned drug. If today's most powerful people wanted to accelerate the shift towards the fourth industrial revolution, by removing jobs and reinventing capitalism, this problem-reaction-solution strategy would be effective in achieving it. 1. Create a problem. Release a coronavirus and declare a global pandemic. The coronavirus outbreak has been declared a pandemic. 2. Create a reaction. Ramp up fear with a propaganda campaign and destroy the economy by forcing businesses to close. We are collectively telling, telling, cafes, pubs, bars and restaurants to close tonight as soon as they reasonably can and not to open tomorrow. Three, create a solution. Provide the mass unemployed with a universal basic income credited onto the Rockefeller and Microsoft-backed digital IDs that are implanted into our hands. You can create a digital ID today. It's a natural evolution of the way that we're going to use technology in any event to transact daily life. And this COVID crisis gives an additional reason for doing that. Coerces into taking tech-based vaccines and staying at home and require us to reside within smart cities with totalitarian-like surveillance. Well, let's see how long it uh, takes you to find me. Right behind me, you can see uh, just over over my left shoulder there. Hello, guys. I've been expecting you. In return for giving us the universal basic income, are these the conditions they will require? Smart cities will pullulate with sensors, all joined together by the Internet of Things. And the urban environment is as antiseptic as a Zurich pharmacy. But this technology could also be used to keep every citizen under round-the-clock surveillance. A future Alexa will pretend to take orders, but this Alexa will be watching you, clucking her tongue and stamping her foot. In future, voice connectivity will be in every room and almost every object. Your mattress will monitor your nightmares. Your fridge will beep for more cheese. Your front door will sweep wide the moment you approach like some 
silent butler, your smart meter will go hustling of its own accord for the cheapest electricity and every one of them minutely transcribing your every habit in tiny electronic shorthand stored, not in their chips or in their innards, nowhere you can find it, but in some great cloud of data that lowers ever more oppressively over the human race. AI, what will it mean? Helpful robots washing and caring for an aging population or pink-eyed terminators sent back from the future to cull the human race. If this pandemic was planned, why would now be the perfect time to activate it? The answer could be 5G. It's 100 times faster than 4G and it's now ready to be rolled out. This upgrade in performance is essential for digitising society, connecting humanity more closely with the Internet of Things and artificial intelligence. They haven't done a very good job about protecting public health, but they've done a very good job at using the quarantine to bring 5G into all of our communities and to begin the process of shifting us all to a digital currency, which is the beginning of slavery. Because if they control your bank account, they control your behavior. And we all see these advertisements saying 5G is coming to your community. It's going to make all of your lives so much better. And it's very convincing, I have to say. This is a game changer. Because I look at those ads and I think that's great. I can hardly wait till it gets here. Because I'm going to be able to download a video game in six seconds instead of 16 seconds. And is that why they're spending $5 trillion on 5G? No. The reason is for surveillance and data harvesting. It's not for you and me, it's for Bill Gates, it's for Zuckerberg, and it's for Bezos and all of the other billionaires. Bill Gates says that his satellite fleet will be able to look at every square inch of the planet 24 hours a day. But that's only the beginning. He also will be able to follow you on all of your smart devices through biometric facial recognition, through your GPS. You think that Alexa is working for you. She isn't working for you. She's working for Bill Gates spying on you. And the pandemic is a crisis of convenience for the elites who are dictating these policies. It gives them the ability to obliterate the middle class, to destroy the institutions of democracy, to shift all of our wealth from all of us to a handful of billionaires to make themselves rich by impoverishing the rest of us. If you know enough biology and you have enough computing power and data, you can hack my body and my brain and my life. A system that understands us better than we understand ourselves can predict our feelings and decisions, can manipulate our feelings and decisions, and can ultimately make decisions for us. Now, in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. 
But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. The power to hack human beings can of course be used for good purposes, like providing much better healthcare. But if this power falls into the hands of a 21st century Stalin, the result will be the worst totalitarian regime in human history, and we already have a number of applicants for the job. Thousands of Brits have been taken to the streets to peacefully protest. I'm a chef and the hospitality trade is in ruins with the policies that are being put in place and I was made redundant on the 3rd of um, July and I've not been able to find um, work since. A couple more months and I won't be able to afford my rent. But. As with all other Covid-related protests, this one was terminated early when the riot police aggressively intervened. I was quite shocked, particularly by the behaviour of the TSG riot police on the 26th of September, because the demonstration was absolutely, completely peaceful. Columns of riot police waded into the crowds, batons drawn, people were injured, people's faces were bloodied, a woman was pushed off her chair. That, to me, is unacceptable behaviour from that unit of the Metropolitan Police. Who gave the order for that to happen? Uh, Chairman, I'm not, I'm not sure if... I just don't know enough about the facts. I'm not sure mm. if I can accept the premise of the facts instead of filing right. a member. Images of police brutality and unlawful arrests against people who are defending their human rights are also being shared around the world. The French capital, once again the scene of clashes between police and demonstrators. Israeli police fired water cannons to disperse demonstrators. Anti-government rallies have filled the streets of Serbia's capital, Belgrade, for a second day.
Well, police made 74 arrests and handed out 176 fines as protesters assembled for a second day in a row. Oh, I'm so scared, it's ruining our business. The testing is a sham. It's decimating our whole economy. I've been in law enforcement for 10 years. I've seen officers nationwide enforcing tyrannical orders against the people. Because every time I turn on the television, every time I look to the internet, I'm seeing people arrested or cited for going to church, for traveling on the roadways, for going surfing, opening their businesses, and arrest them and charge them with, with what? With a crime? I don't, I don't know what crime people are committing we need to start looking at ourselves as officers and thinking, is what I'm doing right? Now, I wanna remind you that regardless of where you stand on the coronavirus, we don't have the authority to do those things to people just because a mayor or a governor tells you otherwise. We don't get to violate people's constitutional rights because somebody in our chain of command tells us otherwise. In November 2020, Italian police removed their helmets in solidarity with protesters following 18 days of protesting. At the end of World War II, a series of tribunals were held in Nuremberg, Germany, for the prosecution of prominent members of the Nazi party. Opening the first trial in history for crimes against the peace of the world imposes a grave responsibility. Their defense that they were just following orders was not enough to escape punishment. That same year, Yale University psychologist Stanley Milgram conducted a series of experiments that tested whether ordinary people would inflict harm on another person after following orders from an authoritative figure. 150 volts. Answer for us. Experiment. That's all. Get me out of here. Get me out of here, please. Continue, please. Participants didn't know that the learner was really an actor and the so-called shocks harmless. You're gonna get a shock. 180 volts. Alarmingly, the results suggested that any human was capable of this. 
due to feeling disconnected from their actions when they comply with orders. Following the trials, the Nuremberg Code was created to protect people's human rights. They include Voluntary consent is essential. Human experiments should be based on previous animal experimentation. And experiments should be conducted by avoiding suffering and injury. With the current rollout of the COVID-19 vaccination programme, we now see these fundamental human rights being violated again. We and others in the post-war consensus led to uh, an international law that says uh, that no medical procedure may be performed on a human being without their informed consent, and they must benefit from it. Your government doesn't have the right to override that law. So if people are saying you've got to, otherwise you can't, you can't go shopping, or you can't go to work or travel, take them to court. Absolutely illegal, and no one should stand for it. 75 years ago, Herman Gehring testified at the Nuremberg trials and he was asked how did you make the German people go along with all this and he said it's an easy thing it's not anything to do with Nazism it has to do with human nature the only thing a government needs to make people into slaves is fear and if you can figure out something to make them scared you can get them to do anything that you want. Governments love pandemics. They love pandemics for the same reason they love war. Because it gives them the ability to impose controls on the population that the population would otherwise never accept. And we're telling them today, you are not going to take away our freedoms. You are not going to poison our children. We are going to demand our democracy back. Thank you all very much for fighting. You know, 75 years ago, we had millions of men, 18-year-old boys, 19-year-old men, 20-year-old men, 23-year-old men, going out, fighting for king and country, for queen and country, fighting for liberties. These were brave, courageous young men. They were shitting themselves the night before they went to war. They were terrified but they did it. And we now today, us liberal intellectual men, we're too afraid to go on the street, to tear off a fucking mask off our face, excuse my language. This is the only time it is relevant to use bad language. We have got to step out of the indentureship, the enslavement, because it is not going to just remove itself. There is no rescue mission. There is no cavalry coming to rescue us. This is going to get a lot worse. And now we can see it's out of control. How many tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around the world have died from other matters connected to the forced lockdown, the self-isolationing, grandparents unable to look into the eyes of their children and their grandchildren. These are crimes against humanity that cannot even be calculated, okay? But when the audit is done, and it will be done, we will see that this corona crowning event was the crowning glory of the emancipation of humanity. It is time for humanity to reclaim ourselves from this draconian tyranny. I'll leave it at that. Thank you very much. So, do you believe that receiving the vaccine will enable our lives to return back to normal? You're quite emotional by that. 
Well, it's just, uh, it's been, you know, it's been such a tough year for so many people. You know, we can get on with our lives. Or will we see a new normal? A world with harsh, tyrannical rules, governed by a centralised totalitarian state. Here's what Klaus Schwab thinks. People assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, see, see, uh, cut. There is an incredible movement beginning to take form here in Spain. A group of police officers have come together to start an organization called Policias por la Libertad, Police for Freedom. And now we are marching together with them, standing up for our human rights and constitutional liberties. History tells us that once the peaceful resistance gains the support of the police or the military, we have 60% higher probability to be able to dismantle a tyrannical government. And this is what is taking place right now. November 2020, Stockholm. Experts in healthcare, law and banking from around the world have formed an alliance with a mission to protect our freedoms. Welcome everyone to Stockholm. My name is Professor Dolores Cahill from Ireland and it is my great honour and privilege to welcome you to a worldwide organisation, the World Freedom Alliance. And our goal is to provide information for what has been happening, to try and coordinate that we can defend our freedoms and our rights, and that we can ensure that the governments that we elect will actually defend our freedoms and rights. So we want to educate you, we want to empower you, we want to welcome you to a world where you can be healthy, you can be free, and you can hold people to account if they do something wrong. Many people have been hoodwinked into believing that the government give us our rights. That could not be further from the truth. Every constitution in the world is a code of conduct for governments to follow, to ensure and protect and defend and vindicate and uphold your rights, our rights, that have been given to us by our Creator. The government doesn't give us our rights. The government is obliged to protect those rights. These positive images are reassuring and provide much needed hope. But significant economic damage has already been done. This would inevitably leave many dependent on receiving a universal basic income, placing us in a weaker position to rebel or oppose their tyrannical terms. But this might be a long way off. Or is it happening already? Given this significant uncertainty, a worsening economic backdrop, and the need to give people and businesses security through the winter, 
I believe it is right to go further. So we can announce today that the furlough scheme will not be extended for one month. It will be extended until the end of March. How will it end? you guys really enjoy this i thoroughly enjoy and gotta give me a revelation of what we've been discussing over the last year and given even more insight uh, about what's taking place so as i said we are starting this new series called the big players and that's why we wanted to show this film and we'll be showing many other documentaries as well throughout uh time that we actually discuss in the series but what i would like us to do possibly uh this morning if you can is to begin to share comment, uh, your comment, your you know revelation of what you watch it, and you know just want open. It's an open forum. So what we want to do, we want people to be um, really, um, really be able to allow people to uh, have their say on this film and have their say on the situation. We've got somebody here online saying. Uh, it's actually very scary stuff what's happening but what we want to do we want to give you the opportunity to to speak so if you would like to say something please raise your hand and then we will allow you to speak and so we can share with you as well um but while we do that just gather your thought but feel free to um just to raise your hand on on on, on the chat and then we will allow you to uh, to share uh, your thought because i think we need to learn from 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 everyone but let me ask you a question um mas what did you think of it i saw you crying yeah it's um wow i think with um i think when you actually see it in context like that it's just you know they've pulled it all together and you're just looking at you see snippets of things in the news and you you kind of hear different things and you're getting you're getting kind you're getting information from all angles and I think when you actually have it in a format like that and it's all together I, I it's just heartbreaking for me it's heartbreaking to see how how wicked we know all of this you know biblically we know all of you know we we, we kind of read these things and it's something that I've I've been saying since the beginning of lockdown that you know now it's our faith is is really being put into action um we're, we're having to really live out our faith at this time and we, it hasn't even really begun um for, you know in the sense of when we're seeing what the bigger plan is it's just it's almost like we're waiting it's the calm before the storm almost mm. um but when I was looking at the images this is what made me cry of the people all around the world you know you mm. know I have friends in places like Italy and people I know from Spain and I just know their livelihoods it, it's just more or less you've got family run businesses in hospitality mm. um in the you know so it's to do with food it's to do with hospitality hotels and everything and you know when the man was saying my family has cannot eat my family we all are in the restaurant business that mm. just broke me because I know friends of mine who are like that um so can you imagine it's just it's 
but I was also thinking it's just this whole thing of universal kind of um, income. Isn't it interesting that they, when you actually look at it, they they changed the name quite a few years ago to universal credit or something. It was universal. No, it's not going to be called this now. It's going to be called universal um, credit. So, and everyone's like, why are they calling it that? Um, but it's interesting that these these things have been they've been introduced quite a while back. Um, so it's you know, as I say, you look at these things and you know, it, it, yeah, they make you cry and, and they upset you, but it's at the same time you're looking at it and going, okay, Lord, you know, and I, I prayed before, what do you want us to do now? What what do you want us to do? What's our, our individual parts to play and our part as the church, as a body of Christ and as individuals, wherever we are in our spheres of influence, and God has put us there mm. for a reason. So what do we do now as a people? Mm. You know, he keeps talking to me about being able to stand um, so what do we do? Very, very interesting. Uh, I would like to possibly, if that's okay with uh, uh, Sharina William, to share what you guys share on the chat um, so we can actually have this conversation. So um, I'll start, I'm going to start with William. Um, you said something here. Would you like to talk to us briefly about what you said on the chat so we can have a bit more of your um, opinion on it? Uh, yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes we, we can. can. Okay. Uh, I work in a care home. Um, we look after ex-offenders and we have about 14, 15 residents. And uh, they've brought the vaccine to us and they've all gone over and got vaccinated. And a few of us declined, but um, we've been spoken to by management, by supervisors and made to feel like we are in the wrong you know, that we are unreasonable. Mm. So uh, we felt a bit under pressure, really. But um, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy when you when you have to stand up and refuse a vaccine. Mm. That's what we had to do. Yeah. And everybody else, they're like pr praising each other. They've got stickers that they're wearing. Wow. You know. Wow. <laughs> do, do you find that it's 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 kind of easier for you to stand because there are other people standing with you um yes um i can only think of two other people who stood up to say no wow and uh one's a nurse she mm. and she she's definitely she says she's not having it she's not getting the vaccine mm. and um yeah three of us mm. so wow. we encourage each other that's good. Thank that's you. Good. Yeah. Um, Shireen, you, as you here as well, would you like to share as well? Your, thanks, William. Thank, thanks okay, a lot. Thanks. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, also, we've got uh, Shireen. Uh, would you like to share um, your, your experience as well? And then I think we've got Paris as well. We'll just raise our hands. So we will allow Paris to speak as well. Um, Hi, Shireen. Hi, Shireen. We, just, we need you to be, we can't hear you quite. Just a bit louder. Can you, is there anywhere that you can? Hang on, can you hear me? We can hear you a bit better now, yeah. Okay, give me one second. I just That's need to perfect. change my screen. really good. Oh, okay. So I was watching that video and I made some comments in the chat. Like I actually halfway through felt very sick. Um, I felt really sad for people. I felt really angry 
and I had a sense of fear as well. And I like, and I, I'm just being honest, this is an open forum. So yeah, these yeah. are just my feelings, mm. um, you know, and I got an urgency. Well, actually all this week, I've had a massive urgency just to keep on praying. I mm. think that it's going to get worse. Mm. Um, last week I was offered the vaccine um, in my workplace. Um, I work for um, a domestic abuse charity. Um, mm. And I, I asked if, it was mandatory and although it wasn't mandatory the language was very it was very coercive saying well if I cared about people they and and continue to do the work that I do that I need to take the vaccine but I said well thank you but no thank you and that's been okay but then three days later I'm my church pastor sent me a uh, video um, from a church um, that were talking about the vaccine it was very pro-vaccine again a lot of coercive language in that and what struck me within that video was that this pastor and these doctors were basically saying from a biblical point of view that if I love Jesus and I follow Jesus then my commandment is to love other people so I need to take the vaccine oh, and I wow. was like really <laughs> this is really not sitting well with my spirit and actually mm -hmm. um, I had an open and frank conversation with my pastor's wife um who who wanted my opinion on the video and I said well if that's the spiritual leadership I'm not coming back to your church like you know that's not how I kind of want to um be um living with that 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 gaslighting, that coerciveness, being told, you know, it doesn't go with what I'm feeling. So those were just my thoughts as I was watching this video um, and as you guys were talking. Excellent, Shireen. Thanks for sharing that. It's quite interesting that you said about the church um, because we've had, um, a, we somebody sent us a video through um, of TD Jakes having a forum with doctors um, yes. speaking about, you know, you know the, the, the pros and cons of taking the vaccine and, you know, these doctors were just basically saying, you know, they would have no hesitation about taking the vaccine and talking about the trials and that there's not been one step of the trials that have, you know, this has been going on for a while since the first COVID came about. And it's not as though they're just looking into the vaccine. It's, you know, there's been years and years and years of, of people actually investigating, looking into it and research and, and not one step of the process was missed. But it's quite interesting that there now in this video it shows that there have been no animal trials so it's it's conflicting information and I think it's very confusing for people and this is what I've been saying from the from the outset which I know it won't happen they just need to be honest you know um, they just need to be honest if they've done all the stages of you know every stage has been been they've gone through every stage of developing the vaccine just be honest but if they haven't then give people the choice but obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't say oh no we haven't done the animal trials you know um, and we haven't done these trials for long enough it's just like yeah but you know these things because of AI somebody was saying I know this guy was reading something else he works for a pharmaceutical company and he's taken the vaccine he said look the way that AI is now things could things that could take 10 years to develop whereas mm -hmm. a vaccine could take that long to develop before because of AI we could develop it within a very short period of time mm -hmm. Are they telling us about the AI that they're using in the vaccine? So there's a lot of information. Mm. Um, Paris. Thank you, Paris. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, Paris. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I had watched the video earlier in the week, and yeah, I found it very concerning as well. And um, 
well, actually, I work in a lab, in a, hosp a hospital lab. Um, so I'm surrounded by a lot of medical professionals and scientists. And um, because it's NHS, they're pushing all frontline workers to take the vaccine first. Mm -hmm. And actually at my hospital, they've said they've vaccinated over 2,300 people already. Wow. And, um, and a lot of, you know, the scientists, the doctors are all, you know, running <laughs> to get this vaccination. And that is what I found most concerning because I'm thinking as a medical professional um, and having, medical background and understanding of you know vaccines and how long it takes to develop and possible side effects and all sorts of things um aren't you a bit more concerned about this vaccine i understand yes we're in a crisis um but to me taking something that is potentially harmful later on down the line isn't a solution um so yeah, I, I found that very concerning, and um, I've watched. I watched another video, um, and this doctor, her name is Simone Gold. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen it, mm. but um, she was talking about some of the concerns with the vaccine, um, and that included things like antibody-dependent enhancement, which can make that um, virus it can make it easier for the virus to actually uh, to attack and infect you. Um, infertility. Um, in, I've been reading up on some of the um, reports from the clinical trials and with the Pfizer vaccine, um, after the second dose, they found, um, I'm not sure on the numbers, but I think quite a few of the participants um, had severe reactions after the second dose um, and in the video they mentioned as well um, there was anaphylaxis after the some of the um, the second dose of yeah the vaccine um, also they have new technology in it the mRNA technology um, they're putting into the vaccine now this is completely new they haven't done a vaccine like this before so we don't know how that's going to react um how that can affect us um so the fact that it's come out in a year is blows my mind as it usually takes about an, on average 14 years to come to um for a vaccine to have approval so and so you, you just won't know the long-term effects until, you know, the population have received it. You, you won't know or, um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, and also, I don't know how true this is. Um, I've heard it a few times. Um, it's one I want to look into. But apparently it doesn't stop you from getting the virus or transmitting it. And apparently it only lasts about five months, the vaccine. So after five months, you basically um exposed again um so to me it, this this doesn't make any sense really um yeah um also another thing is apparently it's really being marketed and pushed towards the black and asian minority communities um i got a an email from work as well 
that was essentially a, a, a online meeting for the BAM community, the BAME community um, regarding the vaccine. So I don't know what they're gonna speak about if it's just concerns because they've noticed that our community is a bit more skeptical or if it's trying to persuade people of black and ethnic minorities to have the vaccine i don't i don't know the agenda with this meeting um but yeah that's what i'm gonna attend and look into as well <laughs> because i don't i don't see why um they're pushing it towards black and ethnic minority groups when places like in africa um have some of the lowest infection rates so it's obviously not a, <laughs> something to do with, you know, being an ethnic minority. <laughs> I don't understand that. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. I, we were yeah. speaking. To, I was speaking to my brother. Um, one of my brothers in Jamaica. I think in Jamaica they've got two hundred and something, and they've had two hundred and something deaths in the whole time, um, and they've just locked down the country. So basically, they don't really have high infection rates. The other thing that was saying. Paris, thank you so much for all of it. I mean, I normally talk to Paris about all of this stuff. I mean, when all of this has been happening, my <laughs> go-to Holy Spirit said, speak to Paris. So I've been speaking to Paris and getting her insight in terms of the science behind all of this. Um, you know, she studied studied all of this. And I said to her, I'd really like to, we'd like to have her on the programme so people can ask questions um, mm. in terms of getting more understanding about how just about about everything to do with COVID I think it's important to get understanding so you can actually make really good decisions and choices because as I said I'm not pro or I'm not anti you know it's just for me it's whatever is best for your health and I just don't as Paris has said she doesn't get it and this is what we've been saying as I've had more and more information and getting more revelation I'm just like it doesn't really make sense and that's as we've had conversations we're like things don't make sense it doesn't make any sense um so Paris thank you so much for for your okay. contribution thank <laughs> you so much um yeah yeah so th the other thing that I was going to say as well it's just there's there's so many things as Paris was speaking you know I was like yep 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 um I was looking at and I think it's really good for you to look all of you and get your your family members to look at the VAERS website that's the the V-A-E-R-S website, um, what they have is that's that's the reactions um, that, that have been that have taken place against any type of vaccine. So they have by law, the CDC, they have to they have a for it's a place where they it lists every single reaction, the reactions that people have actually um, gone to their doctors or gone to their health professional. And they've actually um, they've made a they've made an, an official kind of um say so not, not really complain but what they've said is this is the official reaction that I've had and I was looking through the VAERS website um, just because I wanted to find out in terms of from when the COVID vaccine has actually been um, started people started having it since the December so since December 2020 to now what the re reactions have been and obviously this is just people who have actually reported their adverse reactions the adverse responses to the vaccine now when I actually looked on that website and I was looking for you know um, the Pfizer vaccine because obviously it was the first one to come out um, and it was the first one people started to take now it's interesting that in the documentary Bill Gates said it's it's a higher dose 
in there than other vaccines. So this is why people are probably getting that type of response. Whereas, you know, other people, there will be lower doses in other, other vaccines. Interestingly, when I, people have been saying to me, I said, you know, we've had the AstraZeneca one, we've had all the different, different ones. And I said, look, at the moment, I, I really am not sure about the Pfizer one. Um, as I've seen the reactions, the reactions have been everything that Paris actually said and more. In older people, you found that they've just died. Um, at people over 70, 80 years old, the ones that were reported, they, they, would, they just died. Um, they died because they, they had anaphylaxis or they had underlying health conditions. But what Paris um, mentioned, which is very interesting and very important, is that if people have underlying autoimmune con conditions, so autoimmunity is when the body the body thinks that it's under attack from something that is going on. Maybe you'll have a gluten allergy. Maybe you'll have um, there's something going on with your nervous system. Maybe something's taking place in your body. So you're having an autoimmune response. Maybe you could have from that, you could have a rash, you could have eczema, you could have anything is taking place, but it's the body saying something's going in, on in my body and I, my body, my immune system is not coping really well in fighting it. But then with autoimmune responses is the body begins to attack itself. And it's, this is really, really important. So the thing is, what's happening is people have autoimmune conditions and then they're having the vaccine. So when they have the vaccine, the vaccine, then the pathogens then go, OK, let's attack these cells. So they could start it could actually start attacking normal, really healthy cells as well. And then it could actually cause what we're seeing in terms of these adverse reactions to the vaccine. So when I'm saying people who have, you know, they, they're going, they have asthma they have underlying health conditions or they have an autoimmune disease and they don't even realize it then so they could have irritable bowel they could have ibs they could have all these different things where they've got leaky gut you know there are things going on in the gut and then the body is not able to fight because it's already fighting itself trying to get its, itself back to normal and then you actually then put in the mix the vaccine then you start having all these adverse re reactions. Some of the reactions that I read that people had, they were saying that they couldn't feel the right-hand side of their body. They couldn't feel their arm. Their arm went dead for, for quite a while. Um, the leg went dead. Um, they felt the vomiting, sickness, nausea. Um, they, um, this is, these are from the Pfizer vaccine. Um, that there's, there was just so many different reactions. People said they couldn't function very, very, very high temperatures, abnormally high temperatures. Some of the nurses were saying they've never had anything like that before. Loss of vision. These are some of the things that were reported on the VAERS website. You can look for yourself. So I'd really like, and I'm not saying that's for everybody, but as I say, we can't say mass vaccination for everybody because everybody's bodies are different and respond differently. So this is why it's important for you to know your body and say, okay, if I was to have some, normally, if you're very sensitive to to aspirin or to paracetamol, <laughs> if you're going to have something like this vaccine, you need to think about it. So it's just one of those things that I'm saying to people, please think about it. Think about how your body responds to medication. Think about how your body would normally respond under stress. Think about how your body normally responds under certain circumstances. And if something was to be introduced like the vaccine to your body, how your body would respond. Because the thing is, you've got to think about there are many things, you know, not I didn't read about many deaths, but obviously these people, they went away and then they, they some of them came back. But I said, 
I didn't really know what happened to them after that. Some some reported it and then the people but, didn't hear about I, it after I think that. What, what's happening at the moment is we are now seeing more and more um, those deaths be um, basically be open through the news. Um, I think there was yeah. an article on the Daily yeah. Mail lastly that mentioned people dying from, from, from you know, being injected from the vaccine. And I think it's very good what Marcel, what you said about really knowing your body and what your body react to. But one of the points I think in this film as well that was very prevalent, and I think Paris mentioned it, is the time for that vaccine to be out yeah. and the type of vaccine they're using. I, I did like the illustration of knowing how what happened when you injected with a normal vaccine and when we injected with what they call the M mRNA, mRNA, mm. mRNA vaccine, mm. what it does, the fact that it goes straight into your DNA and then just produce these antibody to fight against it, which mm. people were mentioning, but it's got alteration, DNA alteration. And we we heard that many times in many videos, people talking about alteration DNA and everybody's been repeating the word yeah. alteration DNA without really understanding how it, how it works. But it was good as we watched this, this, this film this morning to be able to explain the difference between how they used to uh, incorporate the vaccine and what the today's vaccine this vaccine does and and i think the the key things as well is to understand this this really new dynamic and and this new way of doing things and really to to begin to bring the the, the world population into submission of mm. an ideology that's actually mm. not spreading throughout the world mm. i mean you, you know those you know many people here testify forced to take the vaccine for example mm. now you're going to see a separation between people embracing the vaccine. Many, many, many believe that that is that would be the way for yeah, them to, to return get back to, normal. to get back to normal. Mm. But there's also the aspect of those who actually understand, you know, what the vaccine, the effect mm. of the vaccine, and you know, and others that feel that it is maybe a mark of the beast, which we discussed in our previous show that it is definitely not a mark of the beast mm. uh, in that sense. But uh, the fact that it's now we are seeing a separation system suppression where now as William shared early on because it didn't want to take the vaccine now it's viewed very differently and you see a lot of people now if you don't take the vaccine you're against the system or if you don't take the vaccine it means that mm -hmm. you know you 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 you're spreading the virus to somebody else or you're you're spreading the disease and that yeah. is the kind of the message that now the, the news and the media is beginning to portray mm. to really force it. And it's interesting that when you look at the population, what I believe people are really concerned about is the minorities who seem to be very reluctant to take it mm. for many reasons. So now you're seeing a lot of doctors coming in, you know, minority, pastors. minorities, pastors, pastors coming in, yeah. joining together yeah. to cada bring this message mm -hmm. and and i call to it coerce. In, yeah to to coerce. Coerce but I, I think what it is is the universal message that is bringing now that everybody needs to take the vaccine mm -hmm. so we can go back to the new normal mm -hmm. and this film really shows her that actually it doesn't guarantee always mm -hmm. because the way the system now is implementing because of the increase of technology, because of what the elite wants to bring, you mm. know, it has to bring the whole population into submission. And and I think this lockdown thing has brought so many. I mean, the stories that I'm hearing and, and watching this film, you know, you were crying and I, and I was 
pretty much nearly in tears showing, you know, we, we don't realize the impact that he has on many businesses, you know, people that they lead you know, this guy is saying, you know, I've got one month and I won't be able to pay my rent. A couple, yeah. couple months left, I won't be able, and he's been out of job since last July. Mm. But most people, and most, most people, people who are chefs, hospitality absolutely. industry, anything like that. And they've, they've been, been suffering out, from they've the been beginning. suffering from the beginning and they're now forced to, um, uh, what they call it, use this, this money that the government is throwing at people mm. to just, Furlough. yeah, to push people to be now put into one category and mm. and now we used to have a society when people would be able to run the business mm. and make a living out of it yeah but slowly we are moving to a system where the elite getting richer mm. and the middle class it's the rich and the poor uh, yeah isn't it? when it you is go to other really countries you see it but you you wouldn't expect to see in it a western society western society but this is what we're seeing now the other thing that I, came to my mind very it's very important is that um about the vaccine um that i when people took the vaccine what happened was they were tested for covid before and they didn't have covid they weren't positive after having the vaccine a day later they were covid positive so that's something to actually take into consideration you may not have covid before you have the vaccine but you will have covid afterwards because most people actually um were tested positive especially with the pfizer so it's just like they took a test seven days before and all leading up to the time of the person had the vaccine and then after that um they were they were negative and then after that they were positive so it will introduce covid into your system Fantastic. Paris, you raise your hand. You would like to say something. And I would like to say, if you want to say something as well, please feel free to raise your hand. This is an open forum. This is a this is a discussion. Over to you, Paris. <laughs> Hi, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention earlier about this vaccine. Um, that actually this vaccine, the Pfizer one anyway, I haven't done research into the other one so much, but um the Pfizer vaccine is actually not. FDA approved I don't know if we went over that um and so essentially people who are taking this vaccine are taking part in a clinical trial mm -hmm. which many people don't know um and when you're taking part in a clinical trial um if you were to have any kind of side effects or um whatever if 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 you did react badly to it and you could not sue the company or claim any compensation and they are not liable um, mm. when, when a, the vaccine or drug is still in clinical trials. And this hasn't been made known to people that are taking the vaccine, mm. that they're essentially taking part in a clinical trial. Mm. So people are gonna be having these reactions all over the place. Some it could be, literally it's life-threatening for some but some it might just compromise it will change their lifestyle they might be affected permanently um where they might not be able to work and um yeah they won't be able to claim compensation or get any help from anyone um which i think is really bad and i feel I think that you need to you need to be informed yes yeah of this and um, it's even they mentioned in the video um, after the Nuremberg trials created that, that the, the code mm -hmm. for when any kind of experimentation with drugs or medicine or anything that's going to be administered to people, it firstly needs to be 
tested on animals. Yes. Um, anyone who is going to be taking part in a clinical trial or an experiment needs explicit informed. Mm -hmm. It ne it needs to be sorry. It needs to be. I've written it down. Oh, I can't find where I've written it, but um, yeah, it needs to be voluntary. They need to be informed explicitly as well of what they're taking a part in. And neither of those things have happened with this vaccine. There was no animal trial first, and people don't even know that they're taking part in a clinical trial. So, and these these are essentially laws. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, this to me is this is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how they're getting away. Well, with this. Interesting because we had a, another video that was sent to us as well um, by one of our dear friend um, Austin, and in that video he was showing this guy um, the police was trying to get into mm -hmm. a shop, mm -hmm. and he was able to basically you know take them out you know by sitting the law in that sense. And what he was mm -hmm. mentioning, and he said that there is a consortium at the moment that's working behind the scene mm. um to really uh, put a case um against the government against the government mm. in relation mm. to the lockdown and other mm. aspects uh of this vaccine and, and so on so as you said clearly you know it is unlawfully and it is against the law they are breaking the law in that sense but mm. because people are not aware of this and as you said and it's been done under the scene so as you talking about this clinical trial that people thinking they are taking the vaccine but truly is a clinical trial because he specifically said that it takes up to five to six years before they can even begin to 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 put something in place so we are we are living in different times and we definitely you know as people of god we 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 got to we got to begin to pray we got to really to to see continue, to, continue pray. to pray mm -hmm. to continue to see god's face and really hear what he's saying in this season for us you know mm -hmm. because this is very important mm -hmm. um william put in a chat as well uh, 15 staff and 14 residents vaccinated and my workplace free decline one resident with mental health refused and rather than respecting his choice they tried to use coercion techniques to make him take it he stood his ground and didn't take the vaccine mm -hmm. and one of the elements that these uh kennedy guys were saying you know in order to to, to coerce the, the population to do the yeah. bidding is fear mm -hmm. you know but what god said to us he said to us he didn't give us a spirit of fear mm -hmm. but he gave us a spirit of love peace and a sound that mind and that is very important mm -hmm. that we stay on ground and we hear what the holy spirit is saying to us mm -hmm. uh in this season mm -hmm. um I just want to, before we close, if anyone else got a comment, please feel free to uh, raise your hand. I think Paris, you're still raising your hand. Are you still another thing that you would like to say to us? <laughs> I love, I love your discussion. We're gonna get you on the show for an hour. Sorry, that was an accident. I need to take it down. Oh, okay, don't no worry. We need to have you on anyway, yeah. Paris, very soon. I said, I said I'd speak to you this month, most definitely. I think it would be great <laughs> to have you on, so people can just ask questions. And you can answer in terms of the vaccine. We need to have you on in the next few weeks, I would say. So get yourself ready. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, as we said, we wanted to try this new forum and a new platform. So we'll be, uh, from time to time, we'll be showing documentaries roughly about 50 minutes, an hour long, and then beginning an open forum so we can have some kind of discussion. Now, 
as we uh, said earlier on, we start this new series called The Big Players, and that's the reason we show this film. So during this series, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that this documentary has been talking about. You know, we're going to go into detail some of the big organization that's ruling this world. We're going to also going to look into more detail about the, the, the 5G and, and looking into Elon Musk. Uh, mm. Neuralink. Well, I know we mentioned that a few, few, a few, um, yeah. few months ago when we we're talking about the uh, age of Aquarius. We mentioned mm. about the new technology arriving, but we're going to be focusing a lot more on those companies. We're going to yeah. focus on companies just DARPA as well. We haven't heard so much, but they are working under the they are working under the scene as well. And uh, really, we just want to pray um, this morning as we mm. as we close this. Yeah. Um, so, baby, feel free to uh, yeah. to pray for us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for your revelation and thank you for the interaction mm. and thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. Father, we just pray that as we've said that you did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. Father, we just pray that in this time, Father, as your word says in Ephesians 6, that, you know, that we will put on our armor, Father, and we will we will walk according to your will and your ways. Mm. And in all things that we will be able to stand when it, at the end of all of this, we will be able to stand. We will mm. stand for what is right. We will stand for what is true, because mm. this is you, Lord. You, you are righteous and you are truth. Mm. So, Father, we just pray that you will continue to give us the grace, the courage, the boldness, Father, to be able to actually walk according to your will, according to your ways. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Father, we commit everyone into your hands. Everyone under the sound of our voice, Father, we just pray that you will strengthen each and every single one of them, Father. And Father, that you, Father, will continue to speak to them about the things that you want them to do in this season and the season to come. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. All glory be to you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, guys, for joining us this morning. Uh, we're trying to make this uh, show available as soon as we uh, we can. Uh, but again, see you next week. Same place, same time, 10 o'clock. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye, -bye.